0: in Florida to experience Seder, the meal that kicks off the Hebrew Passover, what Christians call the Last Supper. I appreciate Jewish tradition because it also is our roots. What St. Paul said, were grafted in to them, into that vine. So for Seder, I was braced for roasted lamb or goat. For bitter herbs, I thought of endive and radicchio. It's about as bitter as I can think of, and matzo bread choked down with glasses of wine, solemn occasion. Well, the meal featured beef brisket, chicken matzo ball soup, and all sorts of other convenient alterations. The Exodus history was sung to tunes such as She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. Go down, Moses, and oh my darling Clementine." Our hostess was Nancy's closest high school friend, who had just lost her husband of 40 years earlier this month, so I couldn't really register my disappointment. However, It does serve as an example that any initially spiritual movement that centers upon ritual risks dying in its own soil. And then there is the Messiah factor. Are Jews still looking for him? Doesn't appear so. In my devotions, I spotted something for the first time. In Mark 13, 1 through 4. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, look at these beautiful stones and wonderful buildings. Jesus replied, Do you see these huge buildings? They will certainly be torn down not one stone will be left in place later on jesus was sitting on the mount of olives across from the temple peter james john and andrew came to him in private they asked when will these things happen and what will be the sign that they are about to take place. Excuse me, this cold has made me drier than popcorn. Throughout the gospel accounts, we frequently encounter the inner circle, so to speak, of the disciples and they are Peter, James, and John. But in this passage, Andrew is included. And I recall that in John 1, 40, Andrew had had paid close attention to John the baptizer. And when Andrew became aware that Jesus was the Messiah, the one that every Jew should have been looking for. He went and got his brother Peter and introduced him to Jesus. And you know, usually we look at the, the prophetic words back in Isaiah about how Jesus would suffer and die. And what's amazing is Andrew did not have those available to him. I mean, he could read them, but he wouldn't have understood what they meant because he was looking at a robust carpenter, a kind of man who was fit enough that when he wanted to get away from people, he climbed a mountain. This was no Boy Scout on a bathrobe. Now, in this passage, Here is Andrew, again, looking once more into the future and asking, when will these things happen that you're talking about? And what signs should we look for? What a contrast to that passage we read in Luke 23, 6 through 8. When Pilate heard this, he asked, is this man from Galilee? Talking about Jesus. After Pilate learned that Jesus came from the region ruled by Herod, he sent him to Herod, who was in Jerusalem at that time. For a long time, Herod had wanted to see Jesus and was very happy because he finally had this chance. He had heard many things about Jesus and hoped to see him work a miracle.
1: Here we see Herod,
0: a true Jewish king, in Jerusalem. He's in the right place for the Passover. He's there at the right time, pleased that he could see Jesus. right attitude and had been waiting to see him for a long time the right expectation and hoping to see him perform a miracle wrong reason wrong reason because Jesus was not a traveling magician he was become the king of all kings. It made me pause to consider how many people in our day never make connections with Jesus because they are too important, too proud, too preoccupied, too satisfied with who or what they are, and unlike Andrew, too myopic to wonder what is in the future or to realize the necessity of bringing people to Jesus. Amen. Ushered. me.
1: Let's spend a few minutes greeting each other, just enjoying each other's fellowship, and we'll come back and look at the scripture.
2: His flesh dwells in the glory we saw, in a burden that's light where the chains come.
1: together ask you to find a chair please Many years ago on a Good Friday, I was uh, I left a, a community service that I'd been a part of. Very frustrated because the the men that had been sharing had left Jesus on the cross, and it was a somber thing. And I didn't get it that that was part of the Easter Passion. I <laughs> I was a pastor at that time. I still didn't know any better. Uh, and yet, I, I've always struggled with that, because in some ways, as I was thinking about it, resurrection is every day for me. The sense of God's presence, and having that awareness that he speaks to me, is an everyday anticipation. And so, the thought that, uh, I'm just going to play that he's dead for a while, and then that. That's been a a struggle, although I see the value in recognizing the cost of what he's paid. So when Calvin and I are here this morning praying, and he's going, Every day is Easter. I'm going, Amen, brother. (laughs) This is a good thing. Um, What I want to do this morning is look at Mark chapter 16 and walk through a passage that I see as kind of a metaphor of our own lives, uh, and, and it's a, an unusual passage because it's probably one of the most uh, discussed passages as to why it's even in Scripture. Because it appears that it was added later than the original document, and uh, that this was discussed even in the second century. But through the ages. Christians historically who said it's still scripture, whether it's it came a little later or not. You know, maybe part of the document was torn or something, but there it, there appears this chunk that, consistent with Christian teaching, but appears to be slightly different. That said, uh, you know, I... <laughs> I'm gonna go on a bit of a rant for just a second. Easter, no less. I, some of this current f- thinking has gotten to the place where, well, only the words of Jesus really matter, you know, and that way we get red letter Bibles, and to me, you're making the words of Jesus the hardest ones to read, because they're red, you know, <laughs> leave me alone, I want to I read something that's black, you know, and white, and I can, I can actually catch it, you know, and, and. I'm done with that, but I, you know, it just—it's never made sense to me. Make the rest of it red. Put that black if you really want to emphasize it. Um, I, you know, I've studied printing. I know what works. You know, and that black and white works. If you want to read it. Um, but. It, you're right. It doesn't belong here, but that was for free. That's our. our Our infomercial. (laughs) Uh, It's good that you have Bibles like Charlie was saying last week. Turn on your Bibles and you can read the black letter edition uh, before they wreck that. Uh, But I want (laughs) to... on my computer every now and then I have to reboot to get it going, you know. And I'm looking at what's happening to Jesus's followers and it's like a reboot. He has to kind of go get them started again. And what I want you to note is, you know, I can I've been doing this a long time and you know I can give you the passages to talk about the suffering Savior, you know. Psalm 22, you go read it, and you realize a thousand years before Christ, it's written, and it describes them in detail. Isaiah 53, 700 years previous, you know, written in detail, suffering Savior. Um, that's great history, but if it isn't having application that leads you into relationship today, it's It's meaningless. You know it, it, and so I, I would like you to get the resurrection story fairly clear and know the details. But I'm more concerned that you take it somewhere, rather than even having all the details right. That you move it into the side of application. It says it's available. Resurrection's available today. Resurrection in our hearts and the renewal by the Spirit of God into our lives for new life, similar to Him rising from the dead, is available today. And what He plants in us will go on forever. So let's uh, let's see where this goes. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom He had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him who were mourning and weeping and had heard that Jesus was alive, that she had seen him. They did not believe it. Um, It appears that several of the women had gone to the tomb early in the morning to anoint his body with spices. They end up seeing the stone rolled away. They uh, encounter some angels to tell tell them he's risen. Mary, if, if I understand this right, stays in there and just as you know, she's, where's the body of Jesus? where, Where did you take it? Where, you know, she's going around and she encounters the Lord. In our lives, regularly we're asking, where's Jesus? She's seeking, she's, she is not worried even about herself at that point the disciples are huddling in a room afraid of the Jews afraid that they're gonna be uh, crucified as well so they're they're in a sense in self-preservation mode they're wrestling through shattered dreams there a week ago they were with the crowd that's bringing adulation to Jesus and now they're wondering if they're gonna die as well so their lives are coming apart they're weeping and mourning because they really don't believe that he's gonna rise again they just know that they're in trouble Mary on the other hand who has had her life transformed already by Christ who's had the demons cast out, is not so concerned about her life at this point. She, in some ways, is seeking to honor him even in death by bringing the spices. It, it, it's the kind of thing that it's, she knows it's not about her. But she's, she's seeking Jesus, which to me, in, in some ways, it's like, how many times in my life am I evaluating the circumstances in a self-preservation mode rather than asking where is Jesus in this event? And so what I would suggest to you that out of this story that we could look for ourselves and say, you know, when, when I'm evaluating my relationships and they aren't going very well and somebody's saying stuff about me that whether it's true or not isn't good, and I'm wrestling with what am I gonna do with this, I should be asking, where's Jesus in this? And when the political scenery is such that I'm not liking it, and, and there's a fear rising up in me of what's going to happen, it's not about my self-preservation, but it's where's Jesus in this? When, the, when suddenly notoriety is gone and popularity is out the door, and I'm wrestling with issues and going, Where's Jesus in this? They had been, a week earlier, they'd been discussing who is the greatest among them. And now it's just unraveling. When our finances are in such a place that, you know, it's like this is coming apart, the question is not self-preservation, it's where's Jesus in this? And if we will step into that kind of mindset we have the opportunity of seeing him and that's the incredible thing to me it says jesus appeared in different form to two of them and they were walking in the country they returned and reported it to the rest but they did not believe them either they're hearing reports god can intervene in your event <laughs> they're hearing that god <laughs> He's, he's alive, he's working, you know, he, he, what he declared is true, but for them huddling and considering self-preservation, it's just not getting through. I'm convinced that much of the depression that we carry as people is because we fail to see God in the events. That we're looking at things that we don't know how we're going to fix and straighten out. And we, we enter this situation without saying, where's Jesus? And without that sense of, of presence. And, and it does get very heavy and, and depressing. There's a tendency to huddle with those of like mind. But no good is coming out of that. Now here's, here's the amazing thing. Even for those who didn't have their minds put together and weren't even asking the right questions, Jesus shows up. He appeared at 11 as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So he's saying, what you you have done isn't good in this sense of, you know, weeping and wailing. uh, It's fine for a day, but (laughs) I'm back. Now, he's going, I told you I was going to rise again. I told you this was going to happen. I revealed myself to others. So the question even like in our own lives is, You know the stories all around you. You know the lives that are transformed. You know that he's invested in you in the past. You know his promises of working things for good in your life. So where do you get to ask, may I see Jesus in this? And allow him to step in and reveal himself even in those circumstances. Now they weren't... They weren't even crying out at this moment. And this is the joy of the story because Jesus invests himself into them again, even though they aren't getting it. Quite honestly, that's happened in my life regularly. When I'm walking in a funk and I don't have this sense of God and I'm not looking for him, I'm looking at myself, pity partying things, and yet he still steps in says I have answers for this and I am concerned over your life and my love never fails and I'm going to continue to invest in you and so he steps into that situation and that's the the wonder of our salvation because most of us would say yeah I've stepped away a number of times In fact, we don't want to admit how many or how deep. We'd be horrified if everyone else found out. And yet he is there. And he is willing to set us on course to reboot our lives. He gets their attention. He says, this isn't going in the right direction. You need to believe. (laughs) And then he says, go. And he gives them an assignment and just says, you need to go proclaim this. Then he promises them signs to follow. In other words, he says, I'm going to equip you and give you what you need to get this done. And then he's taken up to heaven. But at least at this point, they got it right. They didn't go back to the room and start whining and say, He's gone again. You know? They didn't go back and say, well, what are we going to do now? They, they realized he is faithful entirely. So his disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. And I want to suggest to you the fact that they went out is the reason that we're here today and the reason that our lives have been transformed by the same gospel. The reason that I can point to people in each row and say, you're different than you used to be. That I can, can walk through this congregation and point to different ones and say, I've seen transformation in you. Just like you can point at me and say, you're not the same guy you were a few years ago. Why is that? Because he's alive. Because he's continuing to vest himself in our lives. What a wonderful thing that is. I hope that's your experience. I pray that if it isn't yet, that you'll find someone within this group that you trust. and You sit down and let's get that started together. We're going to participate in communion. And the idea of that is, is that he died for our sins. Came about to new life that we might live again. So we recognize with joy his death and resurrection. How often can you rejoice in a funeral over and over? (laughs) In this case, as long as it takes till he comes back. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, If you're not a part of this tradition, all that we ask is that you have embraced that Jesus is Lord. Recognize him as your Savior in that you have new life in him. Then we're part of the body of Christ. And it's our privilege to celebrate this. That's not your decision yet. We encourage you to wait until this is precious for you as well. Have some help, guys. encouraged to examine our hearts during this particular meal and I'd I'd ask that if there's been sin that you need to confess before the Lord take care of that If there's people that you need to reconcile with make a vow to him and say I'll take care of that as soon as I can and just uh, allow him to once again wash away what needs to be washed been living in a sense of depression and realize that you haven't been asking God, where are you in this? Or maybe you've been asking and he hasn't been revealed yet. Once again, reassert trust that says, I believe you and I trust you even in this, knowing that he's faithful in all things. Read a familiar passage out of Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the emblem of his broken. Same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's partake of the emblem of his shed blood. I'll ask the worship team to come back. Won't you stand with me, please?
3: Is written. Christ is risen, Jesus you are Lord of all And you are stronger, you are stronger Sin is broken, you have saved me And it is written, Christ is risen, Jesus you are Lord
1: That you would enjoy a meal with others today. Um, why don't you just? Uh, I know Jeremy is offered. Why don't you raise your hand? Michelle, McCastins, Raisers. raise your hands, guys. You see these guys? You can find them. <laughs> Free meal. It's an awesome deal. Okay? I'll be over. No. <laughs> I want to pray for God's blessing upon you, and then we'll release you. It's open-ended worship from here on. Uh, just have a great day together. And your blessing rests on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they live a transformed life by your mighty power. May they be set free from their sin. May they be set free to great exploits of you as they go out into the fields of ministry. With confidence of your resurrection, I pray that you'll give them deeds and words that reflect the growing kingdom that is yours. I pray that you'll enable them to carry out the supernatural. We rejoice in you this day. We honor you, our Lord. Amen. God bless you.
3: E ah At my doorstep I will be still And know that you are God When storms When storms of life are blowing And the things of this world Crowded round Distraction is standing At my doorstep I know that you are done Cause you bring truth This one. He oh exults